Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat Pod. On today's pod, we react to the Here We Go from Fabrizio Romano, of Maurizio Pochettino as head coach. We're going to give you our view from the shed as we drew 2-2 with Forrest at the bridge. We're going to talk temps and we look ahead to our ominous trip to the Etihad to face Manchester City next Sunday. And our own Jeremy Paxson Brady has got another Chelsea quiz for us. Mm. Uh, quite good that one you were scraping the barrel before but I'm pretty impressed with the old Paxman what, what I'm thinking is there's not that many left till the end of the season so I think I can probably get away with it <laughs> nice. if I keep going um, I'm Chris and as always I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady how's it going guys? 2-2 two, two. With, uh, with Forrest at the bridge and another Chelsea home game without a win um, but at least we saw a couple of goals yesterday, so we got to cheer a bit. You know, we were in a winning position in the game at one point. You know, there's small positives to take from the game yesterday. Yeah, I'm not sure what's more exciting. We've got a new manager coming in, but we've also got some new jingles and rap for the podcast. So uh, I just want to do wow. a quick plug. Yeah, like, yeah, loving it. So we've got some new uh, raps and jingles for our temp section and the quiz, as well as the intro. Again, it was recorded by my talented friend, Jake Emlin. You can catch him at... Um, at Jake Emlin at uh, Instagram and catch him at Jake Emlin on Spotify and YouTube. So yeah, I collaborated with him a bit uh, doing the jingles. Good fun. So yeah, all, all good. Okay, exciting times. Oh, and then also, yeah, the football. But uh, other than that, all good. <laughs> That's it. Um, well, we've, we've got to start with the, the news that broke last night from Fabrizio Romano. Um, Chelsea are now set to appoint Mauricio Pochettino as Chelsea's new head coach. Here we go, which we always like to see. Uh, full agreement in place, accepted all conditions of a long-term deal. Looks like he's gonna. Um, it'll be the contract will be signed in the next days, but he'll start his Chelsea chapter in June, um, and Lampard will obviously stay on till the end of the season. Um, Poch is going to bring in his people for coaching staff. Um, what do we think? What's the what's the reaction to that news? It's it's kind of as we thought, really. I'm happy it's it's done. Because there was a little five percent of me that he might, that Real Madrid might go in for him or Spurs. Uh, it's a three-year deal, which I think is really after the Potter saga is. You could tell that the board are learning on the job a little bit in terms of. I think there's some stuff on social media last night that got some regrets over the Thomas, the way the Thomas Tuchel thing they should have given him a season. Obviously, the five-year deal, and let's just hope that they buy into the culture of Pochettino and they do it right. I think last summer they were still in a bit of a head spin of owning a football club. I think they're a year down the road in terms of experience. And I hope they give him the time and the respect that he needs. I mean, he needs a season or two really free. And in terms of like, we don't, unless the team is really bad, we need to get the culture going. And with this young squad, like we said before, there's player profiles that there were at Spurs, like Son and Ericsson and, and um, players like that, that fit into ours. So yeah, I'm really excited. And I think he's got to forget the, you know, the anti-Spurs thing, the ex-Spurs thing, just forget that. Just, He's a good manager. He's the best option at the moment. There wasn't an amazing elite shortlist, um, especially after Nagelsmann um, or Chelsea went against Nagelsmann. So, yeah, I'm excited and it's just good to have that in place before the end of the season. Yeah, I just wanted to talk on the three-year contract. I really find that quite interesting because I think they'd made a big commitment with Potter with the five-year deal mm. um, and I think they wanted to to sort of put out that they were committed to these guys long term and that's with the contract but obviously you can say you're committed to a guy long term you don't have to give them a, a, long, a massive long contract I think when Potter starting to fail at Chelsea quite early um, in his time and you could see that maybe things weren't going to be great 
they were probably thinking, what was the actual point of giving a five-year deal to him? It just makes it incredibly difficult to sack him. And obviously why they acted very quickly as soon as they fell, he fell into the bottom half of the table because, yeah, five-year contract, the compensation for these contracts is, is massive if you need to get rid of them. And football management is not like baseball management or other types of management where, you know, you, you do need to move quite fast at, at times. Um, and footballers can fall out with managers and the squad harmony can be off pretty easily. So, um, yeah, I do find it interesting. Like you said, they're learning on the job a bit, but also that they've realised that they don't have to give these massive long deals to commit the managers, whereas the players, obviously, there's a, there is a different incentive to give these long deals, which has been talked about with FFP, etc. Um, I do think it's important that we give him a chance to give his opinion and have his say on the squad before we start making any moves in the summer. And I think that's obviously why they've they've hired him before this at the end of the season is because really his analysis, there's so many issues or things to deal with within the squad. Obviously, Mason Mount is one of them. Lukaku coming back is another one. You know, there's tons of the goalkeeper issue. There's tons of, of situations. Even before yesterday as well, we heard Thiago Silva maybe wanted to go back to Fluminense um, and back to Brazil. There was a chance that he wasn't going to stay. So there's lots of things for, for Posh to deal with. And it's important that he has his say on what happens with the, these players. I think the Lukaku one is quite interesting, him coming back. Um, you know, Posh is the sort of manager, I think, when when I think about him, that he can get his arm around someone. And, and it's just whether, obviously, you know, the bridges are burned in that regard. But there's tons of things that I think he, he can deal with and, and deal with well. And I think he's a good appointment. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's a smart appointment. I think he's a, a top manager. I think he's, we've spoken about that previously on the, the podcast, it's funny, funny you say about long contracts. Um, I remember, was it Alan Pardew who got that eight-year Newcastle contract wow. um, back in <laughs> back in the day? Um, That's which, like a death sentence, eight years. It's like, you know you've got him <laughs> one year. It's like, <laughs> I think he was sacked two years later. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think they are learning on the job. Definitely learning from the Potter saga, um, which is good. It's important to recognise that um, you know they're not going to get everything right, and and there there's some humility there in in terms of <clears throat> acknowledging it and, and maybe suggesting that they can do things better going forward. Uh, coming back to Pochettino, I think yeah, I think we've got a, lot, a fantastic group of young players, a really big squad which can be trimmed down in the right way. Um, clearly, there's going to be a wrong way of doing it, so hopefully they can get it right. And they can keep the players who are going to make a big difference next season and and be there for the the right formation uh, and tactics that Pochettino wants to employ. And there's, you know, I think it's important, as it was with Potter uh, in January, that the 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 sort of board and Pochettino are aligned in terms of the players that are coming in and the players that he actually wants. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens. It's, it's going to be a huge, huge summer for us. I think it's going to be a huge summer for outgoings, which um, is unusual. Obviously, we're, we're usually expecting a, a bunch of people to come in. So it is, it is absolutely necessary, obviously, as well. I mean, oh, I yeah, think... it's huge. It's a big, big problem for us. Big problem this season, you know, that's that's been going on. We've you know, spoken about people having to get changed outside the dressing room because there's so many people. Um, people who have been left out of the squad every week because you have to, and we don't know if that's because they're injured or because they're just not selected. and 
yeah, it's just can't, it's can't like have the, that at a big team. It's like the freezer every week. There's no room for sentimentality this summer. Um, if you feel like they're a nice guy or that they, they turn up and they play well in the season, no, they're not up to scratch. They've got to go. That's what he did at Spurs. He came in Spurs and he just cut. He went through the jungle and he's got a big knife. Just cut through it. Just cut through all of them. And basically, our squad needs almost 30, 40 percent of it gone. There's so much excess fat in our squad that we don't need. Players that aren't that good. Players who are coming to the end of their contracts. Um, youth players that haven't worked that worked out. So yeah, and you know that in terms of the links, they've already been linked. There's a lot online about um, from some good sources on Twitter that he's after players who have played in the Premiership. I think that's great. Because under Abramovich and Bowley as well, there's been this like you know this sort of like a Havertz type thing, just this like amazing player playing in another league, and we've seen how that's worked out. And you know, if you can buy a player that's already in the Prem, that's brilliant. You know, they that, they don't have to move country; they're already used to the pace of the Premiership. They're already a step ahead, and we've seen with Mudrik that coming into the, another league has really struggled. So some names we've linked to are like um, Emilio Martinez. We'll talk about the goalkeeper situation later. Alexis McAllister, Declan Rice, the Martin, Latara Martinez is obviously uh, in in Serie A, but other than that, the ones are linked to in the Premiership and Premier League, and I think that's great because we've seen the Bundesliga attacks a lot at Chelsea Football Club, and it's not worked out for us. So I think that's a good a good approach from Potch if that is the case. Yeah, I just want to talk quickly about the what Brady said as well about the fans. You know, forget about the the Tottenham connection and and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be interested a to see what the reaction is like from the fans when he's trotted out. I assume against maybe Newcastle at home. Um, they'll 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 wheel him out at half time or whatever and and get. I think after this season, I think you'll be applauded loudly. To be honest, I, I don't. I, I agree. Yeah, I think because I, I, the season's gone so poorly, I think people will be like, "This guy's a proper manager. He's he, won trophies. We, yeah. we need him." If he replaced, so you don't think there'll be any sort of. Of course, um, there, of course there will be. There will be some, but not enough. Yeah. No, but I think that'll be in, more next season, though. In terms of you know, if if we lose the first three games, exactly. That's what, that's what I'm talking about, the, the patience that they have with the manager. Do you think the ex-Tottenham will have any impact on, on the not, amount not, of patience? Not after this season, because I think Chelsea fans have shown endless patience. They showed Potter too much patience. Potter should have got booed long, long before he did. Um, yeah. And we've had, goodness, we've had, although Front Lampard's uh, a Chelsea legend, the fans have also had endless patience with him in this period. There hasn't been much booing, but generally been supportive. This year, Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea fans, Chelsea are known as a cutthroat club. The fans have not been cutthroat in any sense. They've given the manager too much breathing room. So uh, unless Potch literally just goes down the tunnel every week and doesn't clap him off or if we get beaten away and doesn't and says some weird things in press conferences, I can't really see it being a problem to us. Um, if usually yeah, very I think, open. A, I think a lot of it will come down to him himself yeah. and how he conducts himself, how he operates. You know, we spoke about Potter not really engaging much with with the fan base and how his sort of demeanour was. Obviously, Pochettino might have to learn from that, or maybe there's some learnings in the board to say, "Look, you got to," and it come it will come from his personality himself. Really, you can't really force people to do that, but he needs to show that he's here. He's dedicated. He wants to win. Um, I mean, look so, at that reaction when Spurs got to the Champions League final. I mean, that was pure. I mean, obviously, we didn't really enjoy that much as a Chelsea fan, but that was like pure emotion, right? Like you can't see Grand Potter doing that. He hasn't got that in the tank, Grand Potter. So yeah, if he if he wins the first game. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. Say we have a first game, it's a home game, we win it. And he gives it the big one. I think people yeah. uh, people will be buzzing. And he, he was described as Matt Law as like a street fighter. He's not going to come in and be this super nice guy and, you know, uh, um, be respectful. He's going to get in there and he's, he's going to get his hands dirty. And 
that's what he did at Spurs. That's why he revolutionised Spurs. Let's think about what he did to Spurs. I mean, he turned, he, like, you know, since then under Mourinho and um, and Conte, they've gone back the way in terms of culture. He completely changed the culture. I mean, they were brilliant for three or four years. And it was only when Conte, we got 93. Spurs got 86 points when we won the league. So, and, you know, he got into the Champions League final. He developed what he made. You know, he developed Harry Kane. Look at Harry Kane now. Probably going to better Alan Shearer's goal record. That would never have happened under another manager like a Harry Redknapp. So, um, yeah, I'm, if, you, if you take away the Spurs thing, I'm excited about it. And maybe it's just this season that this season's been so bad that, like, any, any sort of improvement is good. But I've got a good feeling about him. And the, the squad profile is really good. If we had loads of really high-paid stars in, the, you know, in their late 20s and their 30s, and it might be a bit more of a problem. But because of our squad profile, I think it's really good. So... Right, well, back to the pain of this season. Um, oh, no. Away from the, the positivity and optimism of next season with Pochettino. We're back the to biggest the... win. We actually got a win Saturday night on Twitter. We got a new manager, but we couldn't get an actual win. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> we, we tried out against Nottingham Forest on uh, yesterday and Saturday. Um, it finished 2-2. Um, it was a game of not, not the best quality. I'd say um, we we finished with 1.1 expected goals. Nottingham Forest finished with 1.6 expected goals total. Um, 76% possession for Chelsea in the game. Um, 24 for Forest. We had six shots on target, 14 um, total shots. Uh, Forest scored both their shots on target, and they had two of 11. Mendy actually didn't make any saves in the match, um, which is understandable. Probably um, a good job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do we what do we make of uh, the performance yesterday against Forest? How do, how do we see it go down? I think the the first half performance was just as as poor as we've seen. Uh, I think we've gone in at half time a lot of times recently, and just sort of said, "What have we just watched?" And I think yesterday was was no different. Just can't believe what we're watching out there. The balance of the team. How how slow moving it is, you know, creating any opportunities. It's almost like we're playing with with ten men in the first half, at, at, at up top especially. Felix obviously dropping deep in in this role that he's not familiar with. I've got to say again, just so many players playing out of position, and, and we're going to talk things like temperatures at the end of this game, things like that. But these guys aren't even playing in their right positions. We've got Chalaba playing at right back. Lewis Hall's an 18-year-old centre midfield prospect playing at left back. Kovacic playing sort of an attacking midfield in a three. Like, that's not his position. Felix playing false nine, not his position. You know, what these guys aren't are never... We can never get a team out of players just playing in the positions that they're yeah. best in. And, and it, it is frustrating to watch. And it's also, you end up being critical of these players as well. We saw Sterling yesterday, fantastic second half, playing left wing in a 4-3-3. We've seen him play false nine, um, left wing back. Uh, we, we've seen him as a lone striker this season. Players, and you're, sorry, fans are wondering, you know, oh, maybe this guy's no good or, you know, he's, he's not playing very well. It's like, well, yeah, let's try playing him in the actual positions. Kovacic is not a, an incredibly creative player. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's playing the most attacking of our midfield yesterday in the first half. Not, you can't expect him to do much with the ball in those situations. That's not his position. So, yeah, frustrating to watch, especially in the first half yesterday. 
I think second half, we came out with a lot more energy. Obviously, we, we made a change as well at halftime with Kovacic coming off. Um, <clears throat> sorry, for Loftus-Cheek. And I thought he, he made a big difference in the game, Loftus-Cheek, just because that's more of his natural position. That's that position that he played under Sari for us, which is the left-hand side of a three in centre midfield as basically a 10. And yeah, that, that did make a difference for us. He's a more attacking player and also can, can really uh, drive with the ball as well down that left side. So yeah, game of two halves, thought we played better. We probably didn't deserve to draw the game. I thought we could have created a few more chances and pushed, I think, at the end. I think if the urgency had been there, we, we might have found a way of winning that game in the end. But yeah, how do you see it, Brady? Well, I'm going to touch on a position. We play 4-3-3 of Felix in the false nine. Just, you've touched on a lot about the positions. The first half showed that false nine is over for Chelsea Football Club. Okay? Havertz, false nine, rubbish. Felix, false nine, rubbish. Sterling, false nine. It's called false nine for a reason. We need a true nine. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, they, they keep trying it over and over and over. It's like an empty bottle of washing liquid. You keep trying to push out and push out. It's done. It's finished. Put false nine in the bin. Okay? The, the best chance that we had at the first half. Do you remember the, first, the best chance we had? Lewis Hall put a ball in. And guess who was on the, at the end of it? The, the prolific header of the ball, Jao Felix. I mean, imagine that chance falling to Lukaku or anyone or a Brozier or even a Dacho David Fafana. It's finished, false nine. Stop doing it. Just play David Dacho Fafana yesterday. And just, like Craig, Craig said, play the wingers in their positions. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, Craig says, on FIFA, you've got your players injured, so you've got to, like, you know, put square pegs in round holes. We don't have to do that. And it just makes the whole team not, you know, you see Felix dropping so deep. And, you know, when you go to a game, like we did yesterday, you have sort of, uh, you know, Match-going fans who don't analyse, they don't look into the stats, they don't look into the XG and things like that. But they see. There's no one in the box. Yeah. You know, you've, got, you've, got, you've got Conor Gallagher, you know. Felix drops deep, and then, fourth, then Conor Gallagher, or maybe if he was playing N'Golo Kante or Mikhail Kovacic, basically playing up front. It's terrible. You can't do that. And a team like Nottingham Forest, you're playing a flat-back five, two banks, a five and a four-bank, there's not going to be trouble. Sometimes the action areas, you've got two Chelsea players surrounded by seven players. So yeah. it won't work. And it, this is the sort of formation that City play, really, isn't it? This four-three-three with the false nine. But instead of Gallagher and Kovacic in the in the position, they have Rodri and Enzo's position. But instead of Gallagher and Kovacic, they've got De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva. Yeah. When you exactly. look at the profile of the player, I'm not talking about the, even the standard of the player. Just the profiles of those players, completely different. And that's what you need in those positions if you're going to play a sort of deeper striker. City's fullback now. They've got Haaland now. That they, I think Pep realised they needed a striker because there were some games that weren't getting over the line last year. And Nelson talked this year that no, like Harlan's making City worse. Rubbish. He's not making City worse at all. Like, if we if you put a good striker in our team, we'd be so much better. It's as simple as that. And I think in football, they're, they're, I think the nine died out a little bit. But I think with Harlan coming back, I think the nine's coming back a little bit. And we need a pure nine. I know Thomas Tuchel said recently that everyone in the world is looking for this nine that's going to get them all the goals. It's clearly coming back, the nine. And... We need a nine. And, you know, we talk about Lukaku and other, other links, but we, false nine's finished. And so just play, just play a striker to the end of the season. So, yeah. Because I don't, I don't agree with what you said about Haaland either. I think that they've taken about, took about three or four months to adjust to him. Okay, um, mostly in terms of how they play. You can see that now with their first 11. They trot out for basically every game. They, they know their team. I don't think that was true of City in the first half of the season. I thought they, had, they mixed and matched quite a bit. 
Sure, um, I think that, taking that place. always does that though. To I think to an extent at the start of the season, like, I think Gary Neville alluded to that as well, where he said, he said this sort of mess around with formations yeah. and tactics just, at the start. It's just fine. Yeah, it takes a while to to get it going, and obviously they have fantastic quality to to overlay the fact that they can they can do that, so they can get away with it. Um, in terms of the game, I completely agree with your point about people in the box. If we look at the teams who are really scoring a lot of goals, performing well, and have done over the last sort of any period of time really in the in the Premier League, including our sort of winning teams, always included people from midfield, whether it was sort of the wingers in a three four three or the central midfielders in a four three three, getting in the box and being available. And I think if you look at the last twenty minutes of the game where it's two two Chelsea really pushing for a goal. Ziyech has come on. He's putting the ball in the box and there's like one player in the box. There's, there's no way, there's no way you can, you can win a football match like that. Not, not with a team like uh, Forrest who are playing to defend. And we talk about Loftus-Cheek, Kovacic. Um, Kante came under quite a lot of criticism, I think, previously. Um, but we, we, need to, we need people on the pitch who are trying to score a goal. And to do that, you need to get up the pitch. You need to be braver. You need to want to score. You need to get in the box. And Loftus, you know, if you look at the touches in the uh, penalty area for us yesterday, six was the most that we had. Terrible. And that was Sterling and Madueke. Loftus-Cheek, one touch in the box. Felix, yeah. two touches in the box. Chalaber had three. He had more than those guys. So... I really find it bizarre that um, the the people on the pitch who are who are trying to who are there they they feel the game they feel the atmosphere they they understand that you know they want to score but you can't score if you're standing on the edge of the box waiting no. to get the ball to then recycle it back out to the wing you've got to take a risk and that mentality is just not there in this this club in this team it's nowhere near being ready and um, if we I think Van Lampard summed it up really well in a clip uh, from his post-match presser that he, he said yesterday, and he spoke about you know the rhythm that we attack in and the, and the pace. Should we look, quick listen to it? Yeah. Roll VT. And we, it's not, it's not good to play at 60-70% in the last third. The last third has to be 100%. It has to be, and it has to be repetitive. And that's not something that can change overnight. I've just been asked about what are you doing training all week. Like, it's not the training at this point in the season that's going to change this season or what these games look like. It's the idea, it's sticking with the idea and doing it and doing it and doing it. And in the second half, when we show bits of that in a game, it looked different. It's a game that you want to come and watch and we're in the game and we're playing like we want the team to play. But you have to have speed in the last third of the game. And at the moment, we are, we're too comfortable getting up there and being slow and it's not hard enough to defend against. So that is a game for me, as I say, with big possession. We should have more shots, more clinical, more killers, but at the moment that isn't the case. So I think that's a process that will be time because that's not, that's not changing right now. As much as you want to talk about it, it has to be changed by players affecting it and doing it. And today we didn't do that in the first half. We did it better in the second half and we all saw the result. What you're saying there is essentially that we're too comfortable and there's no pace and no killers in this team. And we, they, we play at 60-70% capacity in the final third. I think that's right. I mean, even if they get up there, the urgency and the fluidity is just not there in this team. And I think that's actually been a long-term thing. I remember um, Potter talking about that and Thomas Tuchel. You get up there and the, the fluency and the, 
just the pace and the energy in terms of the last end of the pitch is just not there. And I don't think it's been there for a long time. And that's something that Pochettino is really going to have to address because the Spurs team he had was really fluid. They were real killers in the final third. You know, the connection between Deli Ali, Eriksson, Kane, Son. So we're going to have to, he's going to have to create that because at the moment it's not there. When we score a goal, it's kind of forced. It's, you know, it's a, it's a great bit of quality from Sterling. It's, um, it's kind of a, you know... A, well, well like that, that Sterling goal, that second Sterling goal, we haven't seen that ever. No, like, no, he gets the ball, a couple of touches, you know, he takes one on the outside, cuts in, and just gets a shot off. And that was from Loftus' cheek driving as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but I think we did, we did see that last week against Bournemouth as well. He came on and then he, he set up the goal for Felix. He drove forward with the ball. Yeah. I think we've seen it a, a few times from Sterling now that he's yeah, actually I playing. Think, I think wing. against these these teams, obviously, obviously we know Forest are the worst away team in the league. We know Bournemouth are very poor. We're, we're looking for those, you know, the season, it's a long old season and Sterling's had lots of opportunities as well as everyone else. Well, not not as much as obviously Medaweke and, and Mudrick, but we're looking for people to be doing that on a more regular basis. And I find it bizarre that we look to these games and what, will, you know, the same thing will happen next week against City. We won't get into those positions, but I find it hard to to understand why that hasn't been happening. And I think that's a question that has to be posed back to the players. Really, because I think the, the manager is really the the one that has to look back on that. Um, but you don't need to tell Sterling to take cut in and shoot. Like he should we, been, we like do. you said about Madueke last week. He's played that position all his life. He knows what to do. Sure, yeah. But now position. he is doing it. Now that he's in this position, what I'm saying is, when he was up front with Conor Gallagher, he wasn't because he was never on the left hand side of the pitch. When he was playing wing back under Graham Potter, he wasn't asked to to be in that last third where he, where he's a killer, where he's deadly, and where he scored 20 goals a season basically every season for the last. Six, seven, eight years. I mean, it's it's no surprise that he's top top of our goals playing wing, despite missing like a bun- bunch of games with uh, with injury this season as well. It's been unfortunate where he hasn't really ever missed games with injury before, and, and this season he has. But yeah, I mean, it's him and Kai with nine goals this season. But but Raheem's got four assists. He's leading our GAs. You know, that's what you expect from 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 a player like this. Even though, like I say, he's he's had thirty shots this season compared to Kai Havertz's is seventy eight. I mean, you, you just need that. You, you need him on the pitch, I think, a player player like this. And, and you need to give him a chance in his actual position and a run of games and, and all and all this. And I think, you know, like we said with, with Posh, I think the, he's a manager that will definitely realise this next season for sure. I think Sterling leads our team in miscontrols and dispossession, which is concerning. I, I think, I'm generally. absolutely fine with that. I, I have no problem. I think, obviously... You hear this a lot from fans contradicting themselves where you want him to be driving forward, you want him to do this, but then also you're like, oh, well, he's losing the ball a lot. So, well, that's part and parcel of trying to take players on. It's part and parcel of trying to create things in the last third. If he got tackled on his way to, um, you know, uh, scoring that goal yesterday, you might have thrown your arms up in the air, oh, what's he doing? It's like, well, he's trying to create something. He's trying to create a goal in the last third of the pitch, and I wish a lot more of our players would do that. Yeah, I mean... In terms of about scoring a goal, um, I'm going to butcher his name, but we've talked about Forrest a little bit. Uh, Awoni, I think this is the I've got butchered that pronunciation, but he's just a pure number nine. And, you know, it's just a simple ball into the box and they just score a goal. And it just shows that although Forrest basically created nothing in open play, um, I think their one chance from open play they scored in the first half and in the second half they were set from set pieces. When you have that organisation and that, that threat, that it just it works for them and... Yeah, I mean, it's just a really another disappointing... 
They, I mean, they benched Ben and Johnson, which means they couldn't play on the break versus us. So we didn't really, really concede anything in transition in terms of the break. But we just couldn't deal with them from a set piece. And it's a little bit like playing Brentford. Uh, you just if, if with Ivan Tony and the players that they have, just effective and just putting players in their positions, like Craig says, and just that just works in football. So it's been a mishmash this year, and it just shows that. Forest have only scored 10 goals away this season and two came yesterday. So that was 20% versus us. So it's just another disappointing, disappointing day at the bridge. And the home form, I mean, we haven't won. Uh, I think we've lost five in a row or at home. Just terrible. Ever since um, the international break has been terrible at Stamford Bridge. And yeah, just another, just not not another, not another, not a good day in terms of... I want to uh, quickly talk about uh, subs. In the game, I thought they were. I I, th- I really really disliked the fact we only used three. Um, I have a bit of sympathy for Lampard yesterday because it's you know everyone was like, well, get Mujic on. Sterling will score two goals, and so I, I don't. I don't think it's about taking it's a Sterling bit, off. There's a little bit of my, my highland Mujic at the moment. Right, get him on, get him on, like play him, whatever. Yeah, get him on, but you can't like every time he put, he starts, he doesn't seem to be that good. And like with it, like there was a few things online last night where it was like, oh. You know why is Mudrick not playing? Well, because Sterling played and he scored two goals, mate. And yeah, so, but I don't think that's that's I don't don't think that matters though, does it? And then, then, then everyone's getting on their balls here, Sean. Who else are you, you going to bring on the right wing? I mean, okay, you're going to put Mudrick on right well, wing. Why, right? why does that not matter, Chris? Because it's not you. You know, you guys have said before. Oh, Sterling, really, got, everyone's on the beach. It doesn't really Sterling, matter. Sterling is not in the ZH camp, is he? Sterling has got a five-year deal. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying about... You don't need to take Sterling off, but my point is we need to be blooding in this period here where we, we've escaped relegation officially last week. Mm. You, could, you could argue it's a home game. It's against Forest. This is exactly the sort of, you know, the game that you want to play young players in. Surely, I, I, I think it was actually more of an issue that they didn't play Fafano than Madrid yesterday. I don't think the wings are an issue yesterday. I think yeah. that, why, why, why are we not just changing? You know, maybe we'll do that in the next three games. But it's a home look, game. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not good that Madrid didn't get minutes. I don't get. It's not good. But you know, if you're crying out for him to come, he hasn't performed. Or he didn't. Uh, Bournemouth was a huge chance for him. He didn't perform very well. So I said this last week about him as well. He he came on against Arsenal and then he started the next game and then he's he's got no minutes. I mean, it, what is what is going on? His minutes, minutes, minutes are consistent, but Lampard did start Sterling. He scored, and he basically got us a point. So, yeah, I, I mean, Sterling was our best player yesterday. He's on a hat trick. I have no issue with him not being substituted yesterday. And it's not uh, about yeah. Sterling. Sorry, it's about the fact that we've used well, three subs. He's playing in that position. That, that's what I mean, Chris. You, you can't bring two players on and play them in the left wing. I don't get it. Where do you want Madrid to come on? Yeah, where, why, where why are we so desperate to, that we feel that? Um, Mudrick can't get any minutes at all in this game at home against Nottingham Forest. I think they just spent the whole part, first part of the podcast t- talking about not playing players out of position. And now you're desperate to get Mudrick on so we can play him at, what, false nine or, or right wing or something, you know, where he never has played before. I think it's about just giving him minutes in the game. And I would no. have taken Sterling off for about 70 minutes. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite thing where you could take Sterling off for 15 minutes left. I think he was a bit tired and... Bit, I, I, I have sympathy for Lampard, but you know he's, he's got Lewis Hall on the pitch. He's got Badia Shield on the pitch. He's got um, Chalaber at right back. He's got Madueke. He do need some senior players. It's not like he. It's not like you know he plays Ziyech. If he, he didn't start Ziyech and Pulisic and all that, and you know that if if he had turned up yesterday and say Chilwell and Kukurea were fit and he played one of them at left back and he had actually started Lewis Hall in central midfield with maybe Enzo or Kovacic, no one would have thought that was a bad idea. 
because it would have been like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's not really a game that we have to win. It'd be a good experience for him. Much like it would have been a good experience to play for Farnley yesterday. And um, I guess you are a completely different uh, Lampard's mindset. trying to win these games, it seems like. He's desperate Absolute, to try and... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, and I, th- I think that's what a lot of the fans want as well, to experience some, some wins, uh, to be honest, as well. But obviously, you're, you're on a completely different camp where um, you are... Wanting to blood, next year, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're basically wanting to blood 18 year olds and um and you know players. Now's that the time, well. isn't it? Because you won't, you don't get any other moments. That, no, not for me, it's not. No, but the, the, I know. The, I, I can understand. There'll be never really a period of time. Sorry, there'll never be a period of time in a season for a top team really that you get an opportunity to have a game in a Premier League season where it doesn't really mean anything. If you, how many games do you think Man City? Or Arsenal have now going for the title, going maybe they're going for another trophy potentially in the season. season yeah. That that they feel that they can just suddenly play 18, 19, 20 year olds into the team. They don't have it. He had that last season, Artes. You saw him doing it. He just started bringing on random people. He gave the youngest debut to one of their players. Yeah, I think. That's yeah. all just for show, isn't it? So that you can yeah, talk but, about it. He, he brought him on for five minutes at the end we'll of the game. We'll never know because next season you have to win every game again. And there won't be a chance to play. I don't think that makes any difference. I don't think that player is thinking, oh, what incredible development I've got in the last, like, 240 seconds that I just played. You know, I, I, do, th- I do think that's uh, massively overblown. I agree well, that... Havertz came on and had no touches in the penalty area. So. Well, I agree that... I agree 100% that Mudrick needs more minutes. But yesterday, you have to say that the, play, the senior player who played instead of him was influential in the game. So yeah, like Craig says, you've got to bring him on out of position. And also, there's a little, there's a little bit of a point. Now, everyone was like, oh, Lewis Hall did really well yesterday. I don't think he did very well at all. I thought he was iffy, to be honest. And he, uh, he's iffy for a reason. He's an 18-year-old midfielder playing at left-back. And when Ziyech came on, I don't really want Ziyech on the pitch, but I thought Ziyech was pretty good when he came on. I was yeah. in the Matthew Harden end, and he was, he was trying. He was whipping balls in. He whipped two really good balls in, and there was no one there. So... I don't think that, like, Ziyech last week, at, I'm not, the, Hakim Ziyech is leaving in the summer. That's fine. But the last <laughs> Great. Two... Go on. Sorry. Well, that's it, isn't it? He's leaving at the end of the season. He's 30 years old and he came on for 18 minutes and whipped a few crosses in. But what, what is the point of fair, that? Chris, last week, he came on and he probably won us the game. Because yeah, he, sure. he, I, I guess, Chris, yeah, you, 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 you're just coming at it. You're coming at it from a completely different angle, so you're never going to agree with anything that's happening because you're just not on the same page with with me or with Lampard or with, with whatever's going on on the pitch right now. You're just coming at it from an angle of as if like let's get these eighteen year olds on and give them a run around, whereas Lampard's actually trying to construct a team to win a game. So that, I think that's we'll leave I it think, at that. I, I think Lampard also. I think let's be honest. If Lampard had won his first few games, he might be a bit more willing to do that. But let's be honest. It's like, was they've been seven or eight games now, and he's got he's won, he's won one, lost one. So one one drew one. I mean, Frank because Frank's got a managerial career to think about. There's also that element of it. It isn't just like a free, this isn't a free roll Frank Lampard. Exactly. If, it's if not we get steam, if we get five nil at City, five uh, nil uh, at United, and we lose two nil home to to Newcastle, good luck getting a job next year. That is that is a consideration for him, and that's fair enough to be honest. So, like I agree that Mudrik not getting minutes is a big concern, but I think that. When you've got Raheem Sterling there, it's difficult, and so um, maybe you could play Mudrick somewhere else. But then again, where are you going to put then? If Mudrick goes right wing, then Madueke doesn't play. So if again, I mean, if if the season ends and Lewis Hall has more starts than Mudrick or Madueke, I think that's a disgrace. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's, that that, 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 that can't can't happen. I don't think it can happen because Lewis Hall looks like going to play the next three games. 
But that, to be fair, that, that is because both our left backs are injured, to be fair. And also that, because they were injured, they were injured know, before as well. We signed these guys in January. Yeah, I mean, theory, look, man. I, Chris, I completely agree with you. Madueke and Mudrik have not got enough minutes. So I completely agree with you. Um, but I have to say that Mudrik has looked better off the bench. So I can see it from a manager standpoint where you're thinking every time I start him, he's a bit erratic and he doesn't really affect the game very much. So, Well, he's not coming um, off the bench either. Well, he, he, he could have got minutes yesterday, but in a game where you had no leaders on the pitch and he wanted to keep a, a senior player on that scored two goals, I think you have to have some sympathy for Lampard. That's what I'm saying. Okay, we're right. going to use our new jingle. Let's run the temps. Boom. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. What do you think, boys? Like the jingle? Very Love good, that. yeah. Love, Love that. that. Love it. Love it. Right. Anyway, I'm You're first. first Brady. Yeah, you, I'm uh, first up. You got it. You, you got it. You if, got uh, still a show. This is going to be with a heavy heart, and it's it's like when Craig said Chilwell was good. I never thought I'd say this, but Mateo Kovacic, you're in the freezer. It's yeah. it's painful for me. It's like a good guy in a Hollywood movie getting stabbed in the back. He's a hero of mine, but it isn't just about yesterday. Because like quite Craig said, he was played in advanced position, out of position. It's just been a poor season for Cover. It looks like he's off. Uh, yesterday, the, his, he, he lost the ball where uh, they led to their first goal. Just, he's, just, he's just gone down the level. He, wherever he plays, even if he plays a bit deeper, just gone down the level. And I think he, he had a really wonderful connection with Thomas Tuchel. And I think there's links that he might go back to Bayern Munich. I think he struggled, obviously, with the manager, with the manager changes. But he just, he's been off it. It's been a World Cup year. I think he prioritised that. Just consistently not been the player that he's been. And just not good performances and just off it. And even though he was injured, and it was really, it was really sad to see because he actually got injured and we might not see him again. And he wasn't even clapped off. Because, you know, it was a delayed substitution where Loftus-Cheek came on and it's just a brutal end if that's the end of his Chelsea career. And I love the player, love the guy, fantastic player, but at the moment, he'll be out of the freezer soon. But I've just got to comment, this has really been a poor season for cover and usually one of our most influential players that just has not turned up for a, bit, a lot of um, circumstances for that, but just not good. So it's, it's with a heavy heart, I put, I put uh, cover in the freezer. Bit of a controversial one, I know. Well, I think he's playing obviously out of position. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Yesterday, and, and yeah, he, he hasn't always played out of position. I played poorly this season, Craig. I think that would be a falsehood to think that. I think he's, I think he's gone down the level. He's, he's not had a great year. I think. Yeah, I've, I'm one of his biggest fans. I'm always you know, a lot. A lot of my friends tease me. I've got friends who say, "What does he do? He doesn't get any assists. He doesn't get any goals. He doesn't really, you know, he's just he's sort of like basically a professional dribbler." But he just. He just hasn't been doing what he's been doing as well as over the years as he has this year, and yeah, so. So I the think we are... really, yeah, I think we really looked to Kovacic in these sort of games to kind of keep control, yeah, um, push get us get us going forward, and it's, he's been. I think his passing's really gone off the boil, um, yeah. which is strange. I, but... I think to be honest, I think his head has been turned. I think he's off, and I think when you're yeah. off. When you're off and, you know, Chelsea have been, let's be honest, like he's used to Chelsea being fairly stable, you know. Um, I think he came in in the Sari year. 
And obviously, Sari went, but then, and then he had, well, not stable, but he had Lampard and he had Lampard for a couple of years and he had Tuchel. So he hasn't had this like mad season before. He wasn't here for the Conte season where we had got hoodings. So yeah, just he's probably just a bit over it. And, you know, he's been here five years. It's flew by. So, um, you know, multiple Champions League winner, fantastic player. I think he deserves an opportunity. It's a little bit, he's not the same player as Hazard, but it's a thing where, you know, not, don't begrudge him for leaving. Really good Chelsea career. You go to, a, you know, maybe to pastures new and, you know, you shake hands and it's all amicable. And I think that's, I think that's the way it's going to be. I think we could get maybe 30 million for him, uh, 25, 30 million for him, which really helped the FFP as well. So, yeah, I think probably don't want to lose him, but it looks like we're going to. And, you know, in a, in a, in a year where we need to clear out, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing to lose a player that has had their head turned. So, yeah. Uh, warming up now. This is, I'm going to do a new temperature. <laughs> <laughs> because this player deserves to be in boiling hot, but I'm going to put somebody else in boiling. But this is close. This is warming up, close to boiling point. You know that bit in the kettle where it's just it's it's nearly boiling, and it's it's Trevor Chalobah. He he was unbelievable yesterday. He he was, he was going to be my warming up as well. He was going to be like he was like prime Cafu down the wing, just up <laughs> and down the wing. I thought it was Reese James. He was up <laughs> and down. It was brilliant. Whips whip crosses in. He got an assist for Sterling's first goal. He was doing flicks. Uh, again, uh, on the second half, I think he was really playing well second half, and that was where I was sitting at Matthew Harden end. Everyone was like, everyone was like, wow, what's going on with Chalabar? What's he on today? And um, yeah, and, and the Lampard said in his presser afterwards that, you know, he was asked about him, and he said, you know, you know Trevor always does the job that he's asked to. It's just a really, really good pro. Um, gets stuck in, good defensively, in terms of like, in, in terms of right, like solid, not, like Craig says, not amazing one-on-one defender, not the best defender in the world, not Thiago Silva by any stretch of imagination in terms of defending, but solid. He can play, he, you know, he, he's quite good at right back because he can pass, so he can do a progressive pass. Good assist yesterday, whipped in a wonderful ball with about five minutes to go. And, you know, it was a usual, uh, just graveyard in the box, no one in there. So, yeah, re- really happy then. And this might be, I think, I think out of, if you ask me who should stay out, Conor Gallagher. Loftus Cheek and Trevor Chalabar, it'd be Trevor Chalabar for me all day. Because he does a job, he fills in. Uh, if we're going to ever play free at the back, he can, he can slot into any system. He can even play right back if we've got injury. If, like, you know, some reason Gusto and Reese James could definitely get injured next year again. He could play right back. Really happy with Trevor. And I think he deserves to stay. He's in a long-term contract. He's not on a high wage. Uh, I don't see any reason to sell him, especially if we've got players like Copper who are going and they're going to sort out the FFP. So really happy with Trevor. What I think the saying? only reason to to sell Chalaba would be if we need to raise the money for the FFP. I yeah. think if you do, if you do, he's a good backup in in a lot of positions. Kind yeah. of like Loftus Cheek is. I, I I put him above Loftus Cheek. I think he does a better job than Loftus Cheek in the sense. I think he does a proper job in the proper thing. With Loftus Cheek, is a bit of a mishmash. I mean, I, I guess Ruben played his eight yesterday, but you know, Ruben's just put in these positions that he's not used to. But I think I think I think Trevor did really well. So yeah, um, Chalaba didn't actually get a recognised assist yesterday. Um, but he did really well for the, the Sterling goal. No, I think because... I don't know if I it mean, was an potentially... F- it was an, F- it was an, F- it was an FBL assist, no? Yeah, no. Well, it, it, did got gi- it got given as an assist on, um, I think, most sites. I think FOTMOB doesn't have it as an assist, but everywhere else does. I mean, yesterday... I don't think was... it's up to giving it an assist, only because I think it's because it got such a big deflection. 
probably for the goal. It, 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 didn't, it, it just came off the guy's head. Yeah, it might really got I don't know if it, it might go down as an own goal, I'm not sure yet. But I think yeah, uh, it, it definitely didn't go down as an own He goal. hasn't been registered as an assist for that, but he, I thought he was excellent yesterday. I mean, I think he's assist. Give the guy an assist. Like, the guy, this a glorified. And, like, you know, if you look at it, you know, six out of six ground jewel ones yesterday, 100%. But also the other side of it, three out of three successful dribbles, not many dribbles. Tackles won 100%. Uh, just really good stats as well. Just was in there, six recoveries. Uh, four clearances, just played well, and he's just solid, and he just does a job. Like it, it he got put in there, uh, Anfield away this season, slotted in, did did a job. And the other side of the pitch, Lewis was it was having a shocker. So I think a bit of he's underrated, Trevor Chalabar. He's, I mean, last he just he's got a lot stat wise. When you look at the stats, he's very he's often like put up there with some of the young some of the young uh, defenders in Europe. So I think he's I'm really happy with him. I don't think we should sell him. He had the uh, most touches. He had the most touches of anyone on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, stat-wise, he's not always great. He's not great on the eye, especially with defending. I agree with Craig. He's not the best defender in the world. One on one, you wouldn't want him versus a Vinicius Junior, or you wouldn't want him versus a and maybe a City next week. He's going to struggle versus Grealish. But yeah, I think he's a good player. And because when he's when he's playing out of position, um, yeah, I think he'd be I'd quite stick- a good uh, holding midfield player. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think that is his position, isn't it? <laughs> like. I think he's played there before, and I, I know his brother Nathaniel was a holding midfielder player as well, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to see uh, Fafana out there next week against City at right back, actually, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, boiling hot, uh, probably going to steal it. It's got to be Raheem Sterling. Um, got one thing I want to say about Chelsea fans with Raheem Sterling. It's getting a bit ugly in the stadiums. Every time he gets on the ball, it's like, oh, here we go, Sterling again. There's a massive agenda against Raheem Sterling with the Chelsea fans. I think there's a massive agenda against Chelsea, against Raheem Sterling in general. The guy just gets a hard time. He has had that issues with the Daily Mail, all that thing. People just on him, and I, I get it. He, he kind of got this. He's got this funny running style. He's kind of not amazing on the eye, but he's a killer. Like he's the only in in the horrific season that we've had. He's the only player who is under two hundred minutes for goal and assist this season. The only the only player, and the rest are like Havertz, like four hundred minutes, three fifty, three hundred. And he's not. Had a, he hasn't had a good, very good season, Raheem Sterling. But like Lampard said, he's a killer. He he, he gets. He get. He does miss chances, but he he gets. If you look at City, his his stats in the last you know few years, we're talking about like thirty plus GAs in the league per season usually. He's had yeah. he's had he's had forty plus. He's, he's scored twenty and got twenty assists for for City before. Yeah, was no, no, he's going to be in my boiling hot, obviously, and I'm sure Chris is as well. Probably he's the only player really that played really well yesterday. And I think you see, you know, he's got incredible movement off the ball. There was that one in the first half that was our best chance where Enzo was looking up. He's got great movement, peels in behind, great first touch, and the defender made a really good block. But it was a, it was a great chance, and that was really basically all we created in the first half. Yeah. And, then, and then second half. You know, his movement again from Chalabay, he, he takes that role of that little cutback spot, falls straight to his feet. You know, he, he's got that, like you say, that killer instinct. He's a goal yeah. scorer and we need that sort of player at the top end of the pitch to, to compete for league titles and things like that. That is exactly the type of player that can deliver in games like this. Cause- I mean, he's won like three or four leagues with City or he's won, he's won, he's had deep Champions League runs. He's, he's an experienced player. Look, does he miss sitters sometimes? Yes. Does he fumble crosses, uh, passes sometimes? Yes. But yesterday there was a thing where he, he skinned about four players and everyone's like, right, pass it now, pass it now. He's done something in our team that none of our team can do. Yeah. And then he laid it off and like, oh, that wasn't quite the right pass. He just went past four players. And so I really hope the Chelsea fans get behind him next year because it's getting a bit, 
It's not good in the, in the stands. You know, yeah, football fans always need a scapegoat, but he is not the scapegoat in this team. Like, there's plenty of others. And people still cheer Havertz. Havertz. Yeah. All these other players, it was terrible every week. So get Chelsea fans need to get their priorities aligned and support him. Because he's here for he's, he's not going anywhere. He keep they keep getting linked away and he keeps saying I'm not going anywhere, I'm gonna make it work. Proper professional. Yeah, I Chris, I know you're you've been critical of Sterling this season a, a lot. What, what what's your opinion on him? I think he's obviously a really I think the goal yesterday second one was what I'd expect. I think he's been most disappointing for the whole season though. I think when we look at like the really top players in that position, um Mbappe um, would probably be one of the better players in that position. I don't think he's anywhere near that level, um, or, or Grealish really, which is obviously why he was displaced at City. Um, I think when we were kind of looking at getting Rafael Liao, I thought that would have been a really top player for us to sign in that position. I think Sterling's the sort of player that benefits quite a lot from having really good people around him, and he sort of he, he finds himself in good positions because obviously the ball's in high areas. Obviously, in a team this year where we haven't really had a lot of the ball, I think he struggled quite heavily, um, asking a lot of him, you know, to beat players 1v1. And I don't think that's a huge strength of his um, anymore. I think his pace isn't as quick as it used to be. But obviously, he took the goal really well yesterday. And um, if he can deliver that sort of, um, the second goal, the, if he can deliver the, that sort of standard going forward into next season, then I think he'll... Um, I think he'll do good things. I don't think he will. I think he'll, as you said, he, he misses a lot of chances. He gives the ball away quite frequently. So um, I think he'll struggle generally. But, uh, you know, it was a good moment for him yesterday against, you know, Forrest. And we'll see what he can do next couple of games. It looks like he's going to be selected ahead of uh, Mudrick anyway. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess, Go like, just, yeah. I think the way Chris talks about Sterling there, I think, is the way a lot of the, the guys yeah. around in the stadium sort of feel about him as well so he's got a lot of work to do I guess to, to repair that for some reason uh, that is people's view on him that he's you know got doesn't I think there was a really good or... there's a really interesting moment um on on Sasse where I think he'd beaten a couple of players and it was kind of like a four on three and he misplaced the pass and that's what Brady thought and I just want to go back to that because I think it's really interesting to see how much abuse Kante got in that position who's not good at that you know, we were kind of saying, give it to someone who's a bit better. And Sterling was in exactly the same position. He did it and it was kind of seen as a good thing. I just find that comparison a bit I odd. I mean, if you're comparing Sterling to Kante and if that composition's made, come on. Like the last like the last few years but of he, Sterling... The, the output was exactly the same as Kante, but Kante Chris, was Chris, given Asif, a lot of use for it. A goal assist per 100 minutes for six seasons. Like, Yeah, that's assist. Sorry, uh, who, who doesn't have that in City's team this season? But all of them, I don't think. Them. None of none of Greenish them have. Just that. Got nowhere near that. Greenish just gets bad, doesn't get anywhere near those numbers. Yeah. What and, from assists? No. And goals, but Greenish has only got like five goals this season. Sterling was getting twenty. They're completely different players. They're playing a completely different style right now. Yeah, City, that's, that's also just, true, as, yeah. As, as well. But like, yeah, I think I think that's incredibly disrespectful to Raheem Sterling to be like, oh, you can plug and play anyone in that City team and they get twenty goals. That's obviously just nonsense. And like, Foden doesn't have anywhere near those numbers. They sold Jesus, who didn't even have half as many goals as uh, as Sterling got. They've been through Ferran Torres, all these guys that have been awful at City. And Raheem Sterling's there banging in twenty goals this season. So saying that you you can plug and play anyone in there and they score at City is just absolute nonsense and just disrespectful to Raheem Sterling 
It's, it's obviously a huge talking point. Well, goals and assists last season, sorry. Kevin De Bruyne, 23. Sterling, 18. Jesus, 16. Mara, 16. Let's yeah, look at the numbers. That, that isn't correct, what you said. He played, he played, he played 2,000 minutes in the Prem last year. Yeah, He got 13 goals, 7 assists. Seven assists. That's a goal or assist every hundred minutes. Anyway, you cut it. I'm sorry. I'm not. Disp- I'm not disputing that he's not a good player. I don't think well, for the amount of money that we, that's, we that's paid for good. him. That's elite numbers. Anywhere near a hundred is elite. Yeah, but what's he done this season? Sorry. Well, well he's been. Played, I think the. the oh, no, this is it. Oh, he's been played out position. Well, well he has been played out position, hasn't he? Not well, Chris, not every game. He's the only player. He's under two hundred minutes, so he's been doing fine. But that's just, only because he's... You kind of find like every negative possible about Raheem Sterling. Sorry, all right. Like he's, every he's other player, it's, it's fine. Yeah, I know, but I, d- I think the point I'm trying to get across to you... Are there is, any positives about The Raheem amount of money Sterling. that we paid for him, for the age he is, for the well, success that you talked about... I thought it was he, quite cheap. He's not been like a massive influence on this team in a positive way. He's struggled as much as everyone else almost. I know, and he. We talk about we 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 uh, you know go off at him every week. Yeah, but Kai Havertz is. But he's not performing. When was the last time Kai Havertz put in a performance like Raheem Sterling did yesterday? Probably against Dortmund. No, the oh. nonsense. Sorry, that's just nonsense. He's never. He's never done. He's never picked up the ball on the left hand side of the box, cut in and curled well, it. Not his, that's not his. position. He's literally never it? done that. I mean, it's just, it's just like. Well, he did it again. He, he has. He has curled one into the top corner um, against um, that team in the Champions League away. But... <laughs> I said that last week, and I was lambasted, Chris, for saying that. Like, exactly. I think. I think the the view people have of Sterling is that he's a absolutely amazing top player who could get in any team I don't think that's true I think he struggles at teams like he did at Liverpool when he first started like he did at City I, I, when he first not, started not <laughs> these are the numbers sorry the numbers he's produced this season are the seasons that he produced at Man City in his first when two he was seasons like, when he was like 19 years old Chris or something yeah and then City signed Aguero and and they, they were fantastic and they they were brilliant and everyone in that t- and everyone pretty much in that team had fantastic numbers every season no. Not true, yeah. What, what, what happened to Ferran Torres when he played in that team? I don't know. How many starts did he get? Well, did you, how many starts did he get at City? Yeah, that, that's Hang the question. Minute. I'll find out for you. Ferran Torres had four starts. He had two goals and one assist. No, that I mean, you said how many appearances did he have? Obviously, like four starts. That's it. Sorry, appearances. He had 303 minutes. I no, think that's the same, isn't it? That's obviously just not that's not true of of every season that he's played, is it? Like So that was last season. Right, yeah. Was he there the previous season? Of course yeah, he was there for ages. I don't think he was there that year, was he? Oh sorry, he was there. He had fifteen starts, seven goals, two assists. No, but when you say starts, like how many period like he's coming on for like half hour plus in games, like minutes is what we're looking at here, yeah? I can like, give you his goals and assists. Like you're, Sorry, you're trying to make every single point that you're making. You're no, trying no, to make. You you're trying to emphasize the other point. We're talking about Sterling having a goal and assist every hundred minutes. Sorry, Fer- Ferran Torres had a better goals and assist right, on, than on. Raheem Sterling in the 2020-21 season, and he played. He had half the starts. Fifteen starts versus Sterling's twenty-eight. No, but so the you're, start- again, your again, point is not, about not true at all. You're talking about minutes. That's goals per 90 and assists. No. Yes. I can check. What do you mean, no? Yeah. I'm telling you, goals and assists per 90, Ferran Torres 0.62, Sterling 0.6. 
Oh, right. So it's the same. Ferran Torres, 15 starts. Sterling, 28 starts. You're talking about the players. So when you're talking about plug and play, absolutely. So don't, no. don't, no, I've just proven you to be wrong. So don't tell me that that's not true because I've just proven that it is. Chris, I'll so, just go through the last five seasons of Sterling, yeah? Uh, 17, oh 18, 18, 18 goals, 17 assists in the Prem, all right? Seven, 18, 19. 17 yeah, so, so I can give I mean, you Havertz. I, I think, Brady, I think well. just, you are wasting your time a bit here because I think this is the attitude that a lot of fans have towards Sterling. Where I'll they give never you give, they're never and Werner stats the seasons before they joined Chelsea. Over, goals over five they're never going to give. They're never going to give him the respect that he deserves yeah. for his his numbers in the Premier League at the top level, at the elite level. Obviously, we can talk about like Werner playing for Leipzig in the Bundesliga and all this nonsense. Like, but at the end of the day, the Raheem Sterling will be an incredible contributor to this team at the top level if we get there and and the minute we have good players around him before no it's not about that it's about playing him at left wing and on a consistent basis up top uh, in a good structure that would be and our, our game sorry last thing right, boys, boys, our game, game plan was sterling so if mm. i think about when we had really top player like hazard um our game plan with sterling is not give him the ball and he'll just make something he'll he'll, he'll get as a goal get assisted we don't have that with him because he gives the ball. As I told you, he miss he leads the, he leads our team in miscontrols, in um, dispossessions. So the the game plan is then go to Madueke. He was really really poor yesterday. So it, it's not a case of oh he's playing in the wrong position. He's not when he gets the ball. He's not delivering at the same level as someone who's a really really top player. He's not changing how we play. He will get goals when he's in and around the area when we have high possession in that area because. Yeah, he's good at moving around the box. He gets a lot of chances. Uh, he doesn't always take them, but he's not taking us to the next level. That's the disappointment, I think, with him for a lot of fans. But he's, he's never expected they... to do that. He's got 20 goals, mate, every season. So, or no, assist, so. Yeah, but he's, a four, that, he's just a £40 million pound player. £45 million, that's what we spent on him. That's not well, big money these days. He's, he's I think if we had signed Rafael Liao, I think people would be like, this guy's really taking us to the next level. He's beating people. He's setting up lots of chances. That's what we look for in wingers, like Hazard. Like, uh, I think if you had... Mudrick, maybe. Uh, Grealish. Like, that's what we're looking for. I, I, I think he's what, been I'd, disappointed. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Raheem Sterling than Jack Grealish, personally. Uh, well, Absolutely. tell that to Pep Guardiola. He's got a goal machine. <laughs> exactly. Well, the reason as well that you've got Gre- you know, when you sign a player for 100 million, you don't have the option, right? You've got to play him. You, you absolutely have to play him. There's I think no... we're looking for really good combinations like Son and Kane. That's what we're looking for. I think Sterling Grealish and Haaland will be, be the next. Will be a I next think... big combination. Is Sterling, who's Sterling going to combine with Havertz? I haven't seen that. I think Sterling and Madueke can be that combination for us at wing if we get a, a Victor Osman or a Ivan Tony or a, a striker like that. I hope so. I haven't seen much creativity from Sterling. Right. Clearly, a big talking point in Chelsea. But... <laughs> who's your Sorry, uh, 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 that was like that was like our WhatsApp group when there was a debate. It's just the messages are flying in, but. Uh... Yeah, what's uh? We're gonna move on. So let's do some temps. Who's next? I think you've got to do a freezing cold, Craig, on you. Yeah, I'll I'll do my freezing, which is Jao Felix. I mean, just it's it's time for him to head back to Atletico Madrid. I think we I think we've had enough. I think throwing his arms up in the air yesterday, yeah, not offering anything at the top end of the pitch. I mean, we've just spent ten minutes talking about 
how bad Raheem Sterling is apparently, and then well, this guy just is offering absolutely nothing at the top end of the pitch yesterday. This is a 120 million pound player potentially that, or has been in the past, and obviously people talking about signing him for 80 million and, and things like that. Obviously, given the caveat that he's playing out of position, playing at false nine, which you know, absolutely awful selection in in retrospect, seeing him play up there, offering nothing as a nine against centre backs at. at at, in the Premier League level, at the Premier League level, no strength, no movement, coming deep all the time to get a ball. Like, like I said, it's almost like attacking with ten men with him playing as a false nine. He's playing the, the attacking midfield role um, with no one ahead of him. So the you know we're we're looking at really going forward a player that we don't need. We just don't need. I think Nkunku's coming in 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 the summer as well. So yeah, I, I think we're ready to move on from, from Felix and he, he's stuck at the back of the freezer for his uh, awful performance against Forrest. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I didn't think he was very good at all. Uh, I didn't like when he, he booted that ball at that guy. I thought it was just petty as well. Um, when I, mean, I, know, I, I know it's a bit, maybe this is a British thing. I don't like players getting booked for diving. Just like, just don't, don't dive. Just, just don't do that. And there was a really bad moment for him because it, and just before he got subbed, he was doing all these skills, doing all these skills, turns and checks, and he lost it. And then Thiago, and then um, in, um, somebody else gave away a free kick, and Thiago Silva was going mental and going, "What are you doing? Stop! Don't ever do that again!" And then he got subbed. And then he was like petulant. He took his like his armbands off, his little wristbands off, sorry, and then threw him on the ground, and then just sort of sulked off. It's like, mate, come on. Like, and I was actually watching his off the ball movement. Pressing's horrific. It's no press. It's jogs about. It's like you can't do that as a false nine. At least with Havertz, you get the pressing. And it just can't build your team around him. Not good enough goals or assists. Um, and yeah, like not good on the eye on the ball, but off the ball, very lots of red flags. And when you've got lots of red flags when you're potentially buying a player for 120 million, just, you know, and Simeone doesn't really fancy him. So just. That's that's a red, red red flag in itself. So and, and Pochettino, I would say, you know, if you're talking about managerial similarities, I think he is in some ways similar. Yeah, that's to true. Me. That's true. Actually, that's true. So yeah, I, I think it's another loan, or it's a it's another loan, or it's a, a back to Madrid. But with a loan, just could just be sitting about in the wings, in the wings, and not really sure we need that. So, what well, do you that. think, Chris? Back back to Madrid for Felix? Yeah, I think he's a bit. Um... Yeah, he's, also he's, loans aren't cheap. Like loans cost twenty million. Like he did, he did almost score an absolutely incredible uh, goal. To be fair to him, but I think generally he's not really. Uh, that's like a zero point zero point five xG shot. That was a yard. I like, I'd like to see him in a ten. See what he does in that yeah, spot. But, yeah, but you got Inkuku coming. He's just a much better player than him. Sorry, sorry. just in that before the end of the season, I don't really want to keep him. But I would like to see him in a ten. See if he gets on. Also, there's a certain Mason Mount who's going to play a ten, like maybe. So well, yeah. Just like, don't want Felix taking Mason Mount's minutes. Just get him, get him out. Just, just. Get, I don't gonna... think he has the best football intelligence. Uh, there, there's been a, there's been a lot of, you know, because there, there was a lot. That was a luxury thing they did. The things weren't going very well, and they brought Jao Felix in, and that was a luxury thing. I don't think it was necessary to bring him in the first place. Um, you know, they brought Mudrik in, they brought Madueke in. Didn't need. I don't think Mason Mount was injured at the time. Just play Mason Mount. I didn't need Felix so. Uh, he, he's not my kind of player. He's the kind of player where, when you played in school, a really good player doing flicks and tricks. But as soon as you kicked him, you start crying. Don't like players like that. Like just annoying, just annoying player, and just get him gone. Not for, not not for me. And when you 
In a physical Premier League where you're playing against a lot of teams like yesterday, get stuck in, get in the face, wind him up, n- not good. He's actually a bit of a red card risk sometimes. And we've seen that this season, so um, I'll, I'll get him gone. In, t- yeah. in terms of uh, warming up, I was going to have Chalabur, so we'll, we'll keep that. And obviously, Boiling Hot, there's only really one player that could be Raheem Sterling. So I think that, that we'll leave the, the attempts there. We definitely want to talk about Raheem Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, okay, freezing cold for me. I just went for the entire first 11 management. Anyone who's basically involved in getting prepared for the first half. Uh, yesterday, I thought it was a complete detritus. Um, and everyone involved in that should be ashamed of themselves. I thought it was really, really poor showing, especially after coming off the Bournemouth win. Um, yeah, the energy was poor. Yeah, I agree with that. We should have been bouncing. We should have been buzzing. Forest to the worst team away from home. Should have been geared up for it. Lots of people coming in. I mean, it was absolute, it was diabolical. Yeah, the really. first half was awful. I think almost as bad as the uh, Brentford first half, and that's saying something. Yeah, the, just, for me, it just it really uh, shows how low or poor the team's spirit is and morale. That you can make a few changes to the team, and the whole thing just looks horrific. It's it was like they hadn't played in months yeah. when they came out. It was that bad. I mean, we, we've given a lot of praise to a lot of people. Um, throughout the season, uh, at times, Badia Shields come under a lot of praise. He was he was absolutely dreadful um, in that first half as well. Um, shout out to him! I thought he was appalling. His passing, I mean, he just booted the ball off the pitch a couple of times for no reason. Um, Charlie, yeah. you know, Bali. Yeah, I just thought, wow. Uh, but yeah, I thought first. I think everyone involved in that first half sent the freeze. I thought it was it was a shameful performance. Um, really uh, warming up tough to pick anyone really um, I think I think Enzo was good yesterday I think I think I have a I have a bit of a problem with Enzo at the moment with painting um, yeah but also he doesn't want to yeah I've I got to be honest, if, if you, if you, if I, I wear glasses. I mean, you do, Chris. If I took my glasses off and you were looking, you think you're looking at Jorginho. He plays exactly, he plays exactly the same role. He, he plays, yeah. he's, playing, he's playing a register role, and he's not a register player. Like, they've, they've, they've basically carbon... Co- you should, they should have just kept Jorginho and just played... And I'm not saying we should have, should have got Enzo, but it's, it's, it was basically Jorginho and Cover playing yesterday, and Cover playing in an eight. Just sw- switch them around. Play, well, I play think it. when Loftus-Cheek came on, you know, Loftus Cheek and Enzo sort of played the same game, really. Um, I don't. Yeah. Loftus Cheek has the benefit; he's quite he's a bit more driving because he has fantastic uh, pace um, when he's got on the ball. But Enzo, when he gets the ball, I like his passing range. I think it's really good. It's definitely one of his best attributes. You know, long range passing, switching play, um, very accurate generally. Um, but he can do more. You know, I, I will push him to do more. And when he gets the ball, the edge of the box, you know, demand the ball, switch it over. Um, get it in the box. I thought he was not really there, but yeah. I think I guess warming up, I would just keep Chalaber and um, I guess Sterling for for me warming up. Not quite boiling hot yet, but um, really good goals. Uh, the, sorry, the second goal was fantastic um, yesterday. We're off to the Etihad. 
We uh, we've played Man City quite a bit this season. Um, we've drawn them twice in the third rounds of both cups, um, but unfortunately, we have to play them again. And this time, they're they're on fire. They're on really good form. Um, our record against Man City Etihad's very very bad. Uh, yeah. One win in the last five. Um, I think failed to score three times in that. In, in, in sorry, failed to score in three of those games as well. Um, we did pick one win up um, in the 2020-21 season. If you can remember that in the Premier League, you know yeah, who I scored it. Uh, it was where do you know who scored the winner that day? I know Marcus Alonso. Oh, Mar- yeah. And he was playing. There was a certain Scotsman playing in the pivot that day. Uh, Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. And the boo boy of of uh, present time, Hakim Ziyech, got the equaliser. And guess who scored for City? I know. Yeah, I did see that. Ironic. Raheem Sterling. <laughs> Useless wire. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> that was when I can't remember Aguero did that Penenka penalty, and Ben Mendy just caught it. Yeah. We could have gone to it. We're quite. We're very lucky that game. They should have had a penalty. Uh, Zuma brought down Sterling. They didn't get a penalty. Um, yeah. We were quite lucky, but um, yeah, that was. And we actually, obviously, we uh, beat Man City in the Champions League final. We haven't won the last five times since then. So Pep's have a bit of a bit of Pep's revenge since uh, the the final. So yeah, we've actually we've actually only picked up three wins at the Etihad. I don't know if it was at the Etihad uh, in our last thirteen visits. Last 13 seasons, so really, really bad. Stadium. They might need an umpire and not a referee on Sunday because it might be a cricket score. Let's be honest. I mean, that, yeah. that sorry 6 0. They might need an 18 rating on this because it, it could get ugly. Um, you know, you're going to have Myers versus Lewis Hall. Uh, it's a game that maybe Frank should go 3 for 3. I'm not sure where we're going to play right wing, right wing back, but you could play Lewis Hall at left wing back. It might be a game you just want to get more defenders on the pitch and just do a bit of an dice. <laughs> if we go toe-to-toe for them, 4-3-3 versus 4-3-3, I think we're going to get battered. Let's face it, the expectancy level is very low for this game. Yeah. yeah. And do also, we really, do, do, do we even want, do we yeah. want to win? Like, like well, Arsenal? Yeah, that's true. One, yeah. that's true. Arsenal might win the league if we, if we win, or I don't know. I, I, I think just, just write this one off. We'll, we'll let City have a little three points there, maybe give them a 1-0. And that's it. Get the under 18s out. They haven't, got the, they haven't got the best time record in the world, to be fair. They've got 18, 18 games, 16 wins, one defeat, one draw, 50, 59, 4, 17 against. So, to be fair, we could nick a point. But <laughs> no. It's, one win in our last 11 away games. It would be so Lampard to somehow get a win here. But no, I think the Man City game, the Man- Manchester United game afterwards is a game maybe we can aim towards. I think Newcastle at home we can win as well. Newcastle aren't amazing on the road. Um, so. And they've been struggling a little bit recently. So we can definitely get a a point or a win against Newcastle. That that Newcastle away game was one of the most depressing 90 minutes I've watched this season. I mean, out of all of them, how bad it was. I mean, that was just... And also in this game, I think Cover's Cover's injured maybe for the season, didn't look good. And Kante's out. No Cover, no Conte. We we didn't even talk about Kante, actually. He's out for the season. He finished the Premier League season with seven appearances. Uh, one as a sub, so six starts for Chelsea this season, which is obviously yeah, in the future. But with the contract coming up, it is definitely a talking point. We could say so. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about him maybe another time. Yeah, um, this might just be an exercise in keeping the score down. Now, let's see. But um, what do you think for the team selection in terms of 
who should play, who should not. I would like to see three four three because I'd actually like to see maybe Fafana, Silva, and Badia Shiel on the pitch. Obviously, uh, Wes couldn't play yesterday because I think he was coming back from injury. But it's going to be it's going to be Wes or Badia Shiel. I'd both like to see them both on the pitch. So maybe just a maybe it's a three four three. Sorted it up. The players know that formation. Maybe they have it up top because uh, he does play quite well in that three four three. Definitely wouldn't be playing Felix in this game. No way. Um, I think they'll eat him alive, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. um, play a team that he's not, he's not ready for this game, Felix. And Havertz has got, you know, he's got that, he's got some moments versus Man City, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I would I would go, maybe go for three for three. Not sure he will, but it is really Enzo and idiots in midfield. I mean, it's going to be Enzo and Gallagher and, and, you know, whoever. So, it's going to be a tough game. So, Tough afternoon it'll be. I'd go for, uh, yeah, I'd probably go for Havertz up front as a, whatever he plays, pretend nine, pretend pretend striker. Pretend um, on the pitch. Yeah, and then... Um, False player. <laughs> I'd probably go for Sterling and, and Mudrick. I think Ooh. they're probably the quickest players to try and get them on the counter. Um because we're not going to see much of the ball, are we, really? Yeah, I mean, so. Mudrick does make sense against City's high line. That definitely does make sense. Maybe he'll play a, a Mudrick force nine or something. I don't know yet, but just I can't see us. We might score, but I can see getting, see getting three or four. We're just in a bad place. And, you know, as far as Scott T versus us yesterday, Bournemouth, let's be honest, I know we were celebrating Bournemouth got about two or three last week. They missed a couple of sitters. Yes. Yeah. I really, really hope. I really, really hope. It's not the same team that played against Madrid at five three two. Oh, no. we, we could, we'll never go back to that. I don't think. Well, he, 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 he can't do that because Kante's injured. He, he can. Can. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. He, he can't, can't play. He can't Kante play uh, Kante attacking midfield. He can't play him at ten anymore. So. And he, he's, he's settled now that he's playing. He's playing the wingers. He knows that he has to play the wingers. So, uh, yeah, I don't think. And look, it's just. I don't, trust, I don't trust Lampard at all. We're on the beach. Not We're not going down now. So it is a game where if City need to win and it stops Arsenal win the league, sometimes you've got to take one for the team a bit. So wouldn't be that disappointed if we lose. It's a little bit... Well, it's the FA Cup game again, isn't it? Where we just put the team out where we're just looking just to get, I don't know, just keep the score down. So Not one I'm very enthusiastic. Well, we'd just like to see some goals, I think. That'd be nice. It'd be good to, to try and score a goal rather than trying to not. Seeing goals versus City is not really. The lady conceded 17 all season. To see goals was the last two games. I think that, I think I'd go expectancy. I, 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 if you were betting the under, I think we'd get like three or four goals before the end of the season that may, or, or less. I can't see us getting many. Every team we play now has a good defence. So I think the goals I are dry up. In, I don't know if United do. But um, yeah. what do you think for score predictions for this game? Four one C. I don't. I don't think we'll concede four. I think I'll go two 0 City. I don't think we'll score either. But I, I think it'll be two 0 Four one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think City might actually take the. I don't think they'll they'll play with the, the handbrake off. I don't think they care that much about their goal difference. I think they're just trying to look for the win. So I think three 0 Man City. Handbrake off three 0 if, I'd, I'd hate to know if they're really going through it or they could do score. <laughs> Imagine they, they could, go, they could oh, score, they're not really they bothered. They could easily score nine <laughs> against us, I think. Yeah. I mean, that sorry 6 0 might be in danger. But this time we haven't got Rudiger to go into the fans to placate them. So might be a bad issue in the, in the stands after telling the Chelsea fans to calm down. But um, yeah, so again, 
Depending <laughs> on the results, we're recording this on the Sunday. You know, if Arsenal lose, if Arsenal lose today and City win, and City have already got the league wrapped up, then maybe we can think about really wanting to win. But if if you've got to take one for the team and get get pumped five 0 so Arsenal don't win the league, let's be honest, we're all going to take that. Absolutely, it'd be, it'd be the most disappointing win of the season. Yeah, oh yeah, if we yeah, if Lampard's cheering and we're like Frank, no. <laughs> I think Lampard knows to a certain extent. I think yeah, he's, he, he's Chelsea through and through. He, he's gonna he'll play Felix. He'll he'll he'll, he'll throw it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, right, we've got a new jingle for the quiz. Roll oh it. yes, another jingle. Let's listen, boys. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. Good jingle, loving that. All right, but let's hopefully the the question matches. I'm not up sure the... Craig likes it because he's gone. He's gone. He's left. He's had yeah, to go. No, Craig. Uh, Craig's a very social person. He's always hosting, uh, like fun dime with me. Always hosting dinner parties and, and lunches. So he, he couldn't. He's gone. So it's just Chris and uh, and the quizmaster Brady or you know, uh, James Paxman will help James him Paxman. out. Yeah, it's going to be so, a the, university the, challenge. Yeah. The quiz today is. Yesterday's goal scorer, who we've been talking about quite a lot on this pod, <laughs> Raheem Sterling, played for both City and Chelsea. Can you name 10 other players? Oh, my God. I, I found there might be more before you start criticising. Yeah. There's 10 players that I have found who have played for both City and Chelsea. Can you name them? Is this loans as well? Yeah, I don't think there's any loans, no. I think they've all played. Okay. Cool. I think so. Where was, Ster- was Sterling one? Well, Sterling, <laughs> Sterling was no. That, he was the no. <laughs> uh, Sturridge will be my. Well done. Ding. Well, one. Super Nine Frank. So again. Super Frankie Lampard. Super Frankie Lampard. Yeah, scored against us as well, didn't he? This is where it gets tricky. Aki. Aki. Uh, yeah, that Aki. is one, and that is one I didn't have. So that's the eleven fun. Nice. Even though it's, yeah. Um, just trying to think. If you need uh, clues, it's in the song, isn't it? So like, you might need a few clues, but. <laughs> yeah, we might need a few clues. Hang on. Let's see if I can think of any. I'll give you the. the... I always think of Rubinho, but he never signed for us, did he? A winger. He's a son of a very famous Arsenal player. Sean Wright Phillips. There you go. Sure, my Philip, he's done it. Um, Next one, not John Terry's best mate. Wayne Bridge. Wayne Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Initials SS. SS? Yeah, not the best initial in the world, is it? Um, this player position. He played. He was a. He came to Chelsea. He was very young. He was at Chelsea for years, and then he was on loan for. He was, he was in the loan army. Eventually, we signed him to Swansea, and then he went to Manchester City afterwards, and then went on to play for Villa, Celtic, and Preston North End. Still playing. SS winger. Won the league in Scotland. 
good prospect. Oh, um, Shall I give it a first? He won the league in Scotland. Get it? Oh right. Uh, no, I'm lost on this one, Scott. Uh, Can I help you out? Oh, I I do know the answer. To this. Sorry, I have it now. Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair. There he you played go. Swansea, Wonder. didn't he? Yeah, he played Swansea. Yeah, Swansea. Yeah, played the league. Played the uh, won the league in Scotland. He's well. Now this player was mentioned was a wrong answer last week. Old school left back. We're going way back. This is a nostalgia pick. Old school left back. It's like. Danny Granville. <laughs> no, going way back. Uh, who are we saying? We said Babiaro. We said he played for Granville. Chelsea between '95 and '97. He, so... he, he played most of his games for City. He played over 100 games for City. I oh, played those for Wimbledon as well. A lot of, lot of. Um, he's from Manchester. Initials. TP. 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 Just give you this one. It's a really tough one. Go on then. It's Terry Phelan. Ah, oh, Terry Phelan, yeah. Nice. Now, this player tragically died too young. He was an Arsenal mm. legend. Came to us. Also played for City. Died very young. Younger than us. Really? He died, uh, he died when he was 33. God. He's an Arsenal legend. Won the League of Arsenal in 1990. I think you said him as an answer last week. <laughs> it's a lot of people's answers last week. I'll give you the initials. DR. DR. Centre mid? Yeah. I think so. Uh, England play, played for England 14 times. DR. He, he, I think he tragically died of um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Awful. Mm, that is awful. Shall I give you it? Give me the first name and I'll... David. David Rowcastle. Yeah, there you go. Mm. David Rowcastle. Right. Next. This is much more of a... He played for Real Madrid, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, striker. Anelka. Anelka. Two left. You're nearly there, mate. <laughs> Missing Craig this week. Brutal. Yeah, it's struggle, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when you haven't got your teammate there. It's all good. Um, this player, I believe he he played for... He was a world star. He came for us. He came to us at the end of his career. He got, oh, this is a lone player. He did play for Chelsea on loan in 2000. and he went to Man City afterwards. He played for at the end of his career. He, he, he did all his work at Monaco, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, and AC Milan. He was named African football player. George uh, Weyer. Yeah, George Weyer. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, shout. George, George Weyer. Well done, mate. Played for... Uh, got it. George Weyer played for um, City in 2000 and Chelsea in 2000. I didn't know he played for City, actually. Yeah, he uh... actually he went on loan... He was playing for AC Milan, then went mm. on loan for us, 
And then he went to City. He only played seven games and he ended his career at Marseille in an Algeciera. Obviously, he did uh, the, uh, the bulk of his work at Monaco, PSG and AC Milan. Fantastic player, uh, George Ray. I remember him playing for Chelsea in 2000 and, yeah, just that era of all these stars coming to the club, like Rude hit it and all these people. So The last one... Great. I really I think, remember him. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Sure. The last one, this player, he's 41 now. He mm-hmm. played for... Bolton, he, he basically started his career in Tel Aviv, that went to Bolton. This is Ben Tal, Tal Ben Haim. Yeah, that's it, mate. He's done it. Yeah. Well done. I Very did not much. know he played for City. Amazing. Yeah, he went. He he went to City after us. A little, he had two little stints. Basically, it looks like it didn't work out. Of the, to be fair, it looks like it didn't work out of the big clubs in the Premiership. Played a lot mm. more games. For, he played fifty-five games for Portsmouth and eighty-seven for Bolton Wanderers. And it wasn't 10, it was 11, because you got Ake, you found the hole in the quiz, as will happen a lot. But yeah, well done, mate. Always a bit of a struggle when by yourself, but well done. That was the first quiz with the first jingle. Very good. There's 11 players, it might be 11 goals for City on, Saturday, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Actually could be, yeah. yeah. Um, there you go, great quiz. And some fantastic jingles, so thanks, Jake, oh, yeah, as well yeah. for that. Thanks again for Jake for doing those, and uh, got some lots more production and exciting stuff coming on the um, on the ESCR podcast. Absolutely, we're always looking to improve and add new things. So keep your eye out for that. Um, but that's all we've got time for today. So thanks, Brady, and uh, pass Cheers, thanks from Craig. <laughs> uh, regardless of the result, it could be a cricket score. We'll be back next week. And for more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea and Instagram at EatSleepChelseaRepeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. Thanks for listening.